0: What a beautiful day, hey! It's going to be a lovely day. So I do I do hope that you're being refreshed in the Lord, and then being refreshed in in body and soul a little bit later on with a nice leisurely afternoon. Um, I was telling the uh, staff and church council this week about a little experience that we had, um, Bron and I, on one occasion. Funny thing is, I can't actually remember the specific hotel, but I. I recall a situation where we we um, checked into a hotel that you just booked online, got a great price and all of that sort of thing, and it just started right from the very, you know, the, the front entrance, it just started to exceed our expectations, just everything that you could imagine that might be important when you're traveling, just everything that you... That is important to you was was all of a sudden met and people people were friendly and and it looked like morale was high it just seemed to seemed to be so much attention to every detail and and I remember as we as we checked in there was prompt service they quickly handled our bags and and like everybody just seemed to be courteous and helpful. I think we may have even got a room upgrade and and we just noticed that that there was so much attention to every little detail there. It was a lovely experience and it continued the next morning when we um, were welcomed by name at breakfast and there was just a wonderful um, uh, buffet put on and, and the whole experience was just fantastic. So, little wonder that some time later when we were doing an identical trip, we checked into the very same hotel. And this time, it was the same hotel, it was the same sort of kind of a stopover, but this time, ah, it was just different. I guess that first time, it was truly unfair to them, but our expectations had been set so high that, well, we started to notice that this time they weren't being met. Um, something was a little bit off. It was almost like, I don't know, the, the friendliness wasn't the same, oh, a few different staff and so forth, but, but somehow... That second experience wasn't as wonderful as the first. And it actually took some analysis to try and work out what was different. The differences were almost indiscernible, just very little things, little things that on the first occasion just delighted us, but on the second occasion seemed to be missing. And I guess that can be true not just when traveling and checking in or out of a hotel, but it can be true in many arenas of life, and I'm aware as, as we um, um, head off, Bron and I on, on long service leave, um, soon, um, tomorrow actually, um, <laughs> not counting sleeps, <laughs> one more, um, but, but I guess I'm aware that, that there are some almost indiscernible differences this year at the Vine Baptist Church, now there are the easy ones, aren't there? The name has has changed, but we still meet pretty much in the same place, don't we? But there are things that are different. We we planted a campus and um, um, out at Hurstbridge, and the and the hope was that we would free up some some seats, and we've we've done that. We knew that it would come at a cost. We knew that it would mean that some of the you know, our friends that we love catching up with after church, we knew that they would probably move over there, but with a great sense of mission, we were, we were glad about that. And now we actually have, over at the campus, it's probably exceeded our expectations, but the staff told me during the week, because we had to fill in some data for the Baptist Union, that we're averaging over there at the campus 80, about 85 people a week. Isn't that fantastic? I did not expect that. I really didn't. Uh, not that my faith was just, yeah, yeah, okay, it was mustard seed. Yeah, okay, let's be real. But I, I wow, that's fantastic. But here at the Eltham campus, what does that mean? It means that there are these almost indiscernible differences, but there are things back here that just are a little bit different. And now we're going to add to that by going away. And so I thought um, um, uh, I might talk to you a little bit this morning from um just just departing momentarily from the gospel of mark where where our theme is to walk on earth as we are known in heaven and we're looking at the gospel of Mark to, you know, nobody has ever walked on earth as they're known in heaven as well as Jesus, right? And so we're looking in the gospel of Mark for some clues on that. And um, Tom, um, who I'm going to hand over officially to to him and, and Sue um, later on in the service, and Tom and Sue are, are looking forward to continuing that series with us there in the gospel of Mark. But for today, this morning, I wanted to just share with you a couple of, couple of thoughts here in Philippians chapter 4. Of all Paul's epistles, I think Philippians is perhaps one of the warmest. It's, it's one of those epistles that you just, just can sense his love and passion for the church there in Philippi, but it's reciprocal. I think they have a very special place in their heart for, for Paul as well. And um, uh, I kind of... There's something here for everyone. There's, there's four little, little principles here which I thought may, may encourage your heart. And they're a little bit like... Um, um, uh, like like offering you know a, a tin of chocolates and and there's something a variety of different chocolates in there and and I would have actually brought chocolates along for each and every one of you this morning but I know that they can be just a bit of a health risk as well so I, instead I've got pictures of them is that all right I've got pictures of different different chocolates but there's something here for for everybody. Um, this morning. And, and so as we go through Philippians 4, I, I wonder which one's going to be for you. There's different chocolates here, and, and, and hopefully you'll identify one that you think, ah, that's my takeaway. That's the one for me um, today that is going to just in, encourage me um, some, somewhat. Well, the first one actually is, it's, it's kind of plain. It's, it's a plain chocolate. Let me, let me read to you From just the first couple of verses here, starting in chapter four. And and let me explain why this plain chocolate, plain as it is, is so valuable, so critical. Um, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you, dear, and I plead with um, Cintiq, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Now, in these first couple of verses, we get the sense that there is a couple of precious co-workers to Paul, but they're not seeing eye to eye at the moment. And so, Paul encourages them to do this, to be of the same mind. But how are they to be of the same mind? Well, they are to stand firm in the Lord. The remedy for this not seeing eye to eye, Jesus, just Jesus. Just stand firm in the Lord. You know, at different times in our lives, we can be be tempted, if you like, to tether ourselves. Almost a little. If you can picture, like tethering a goat, you put a stake in the ground and and have um, some sort of some sort of rope on that for some ten meters or something, and and everything within within that that radius is just going to be eaten down to dirt. Well, we we could do that as well. We can tether ourselves in a particular spot, and we can sort of choose where that is. Some of us we're passionate about a cause. We've tethered ourselves to that cause and, wow, this is the thing that I want to talk about every single moment of my life. Or maybe we tether ourselves to a particular identity and the one can lead to the other. And this is our identity. This is who we are. Or maybe we tether ourselves to to some sort of hobby or something, or tether ourselves to some sort of a distraction. We can all have things in our life which we love to tether ourselves to and say, this is where I take my stand. And I believe Paul is saying on this issue, don't get caught up in this issue or that. Don't get taken away or swept away by this cause or that. Instead, tether yourself to Jesus Christ. Stand firm in the Lord. Let him and him alone be that which you stand on. You know, we're so good at adding things, aren't we? We love to add things. Uh, Put a decent steak in front of us and very soon we're putting salt and pepper and sauces. And we love to add. When it comes down to the faith, Paul says, don't add. Don't add. Tether yourself to just Jesus Christ. And if you do that, then you will find that you have this ability, strange as it is, to be one in mind, one in mind. This one, this principle, is just a plain chocolate. It's the plain, simple gospel. It's the plain truth that Jesus is enough for you and he's enough for me as well. We don't have to add to Jesus, he's enough. And the promise, when we, when we take just the plain, simple gospel, when we say Jesus is enough, the promise, this wonderful unity. We will find that we'll be able to be unified in, in mind and heart. The other day, Bron and I were driving home, and as we, as we came over the hill, we saw something we've never seen before, perhaps at a distance, but never like this. There was this um, flock, of, flock of birds Uh, right right in front of us, and an eagle, I don't know how far up, but, but much further up, just circling and, and basically the eagle was trying to, trying to dive down and take out the birds. So this flock was doing this amazing thing, and maybe you've seen it before, but these amazing maneuvers, almost like shape-changing. The whole flock would, would turn this way and turn that, and then they would look like they were expanding out, but then they would also all of a sudden close in. We we're so fascinated by this, we actually pulled over and watched this for some time. It was incredible. And the beautiful thing was that the eagle, the predator, was unable to actually catch any of them just the these, and they're called, we actually looked it up, and they're called wave manoeuvres, and flocks of birds can do this. And the way it, scientists were sort of studying these wave manoeuvres, and they, back in the 80s, used some high-speed cameras to kind of work out how does this flock of birds so instantaneously seem to be able to change shape and go this way or that way and all agree to each other. Like, wow, that... Wouldn't you love that kind of a, a conference or meeting? You know, to, just like that. Let's go this way. Well, it seems to, to be that there's no one leader necessarily, but that any bird in the flock, any bird can can make a make a change to the direction. And the other birds, you know, in that amazing way that they can, they can pick up in their peripheral, pick up that, that change in direction just like that and respond to it, if, if the bird that is making the change moves inward into the flock, then all the birds will go with it. If the bird, on the other hand, were to move out of the flock away, then the birds won't go with it. And that seems to be, as far as you know, those who study um, wave maneuvers, that seems to be the principle. Well, I, I, I just thought, oh, isn't, isn't that so right? If we could be of the one mind if, and, and if all of our decisions if everything that might might be divisive amongst us or everything that might be controversial, if we could just make sure that it passes that test of, is this good for the body? Does this edify the body of Christ? If we could make sure that at each time when we've got a choice, we turn inward to the body so that we are concerned with the body, the body of Christ's main interest, then God will keep us unified. He will do that. And so... I challenge you while I'm away to, to demonstrate and practice a few wave maneuvers your, yourselves. But if you, are, if you are centered in Jesus Christ, just plain, simple gospel, if he is enough for you, don't add to that. Just keep it simple. Jesus is enough. And make sure that you are of one mind. And every time you have an opportunity to go this way or that, to make sure that whatever you're doing is in the interests of the rest of the body, then God will keep you unified. That's the promise of this this particular chocolate. This chocolate, plain as it is, it will keep you unified. Okay, we've got another one. We've got another one. This one is solid. This is a real solid chocolate. It's got a hazelnut in there. Let me me read to you about this one. What is solid about this? Paul goes on and he says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The first part of this there's a there's a whole whole little plethora here of of encouragement, and and the thing which strikes me is is this: in each of these, Paul is inviting a choice. He is basically inviting us to choose. A solid determination to do these things. Rejoicing—that's a choice. Do we rejoice or not? Um, worrying and being anxious—do we choose to? Do we choose to pray instead of worry or not? Um, thinking about various things—do we? Do we tend to ponder those things which are corrupt and evil or do we think about that which is true and pure? A choice. And Paul is saying, be solid here. I want you to have a solid mind. I want you to be rock solid in these things, determined to choose these things. And and really, really quickly, because there's lots to cover here, but I love the fact that he first, firstly says, rejoice. I've often says this, you know... I don't think it was because Paul was just this super, super optimistic, upbeat kind of a guy, you know, just naturally always kind of saw things on you know, the positive side. I think even though in Ephesians 6, we, we have Paul's rundown of, you know, how to prepare yourself for spiritual warfare, for the battle that we face every day, I think this was his number one principle. I think this is how Paul survived what he survived. He decided to be thankful. He chose every day, and he demonstrated this. I choose to rejoice. I choose somehow to look for the good in this situation. It's so important to him here. He says it twice. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And so to have that rock-solid kind of faith and mentality, part of that means choosing to, to rejoice, that solid determination which says, I choose. I choose to rejoice in this situation. Then there's actually, I I passed over it before, but notice it just hidden away here. You know, I don't know if you love to, to show off or parade something. In our egalitarian society here in Australia, it doesn't go down so well, does it? But here is permission to do it. You are allowed to show off and parade your gentleness. You get to do that. You get to do that. Let your gentleness be evident to all. You can choose to let people see that. You know, there's a, all of us have a gentle side. You know, I think stick a small kitten upside down bearing its tummy to just about anyone and it'll, it'll kind of make you go all gooey. You know, we all have a gentle side and, and I think Paul is essentially saying here, okay, I want you to parade this in your conduct with one another. Be, be gentle, be gentle with each other. And I want you to, to let other people um, see that the evidence of your gentleness Um, so rejoice be gentle choose prayer over worry Um, you know I know this is a hard one we we live in in times which are changing and there is there are many many remarkable and pressures that we face as a generation which other generations have not faced I know that that's true and it is very easy to worry it's very easy to be anxious about certain certain things but almost like an antidote to that here is what Paul says um, I, I want you to, instead of worrying, I want you to pray. I want you to offer up your petitions to God. And, and I know many of you have tried that. Let me, let me give you just a slightly different angle on this. I know many of you have felt anxious or, or worried about this or that. And it comes to all of us. We all have those moments. We do. And sometimes we turn to God, don't we, and we pray and we offer up those petitions. But, but sometimes it can seem a little dark, can't it? kind of sometimes feel like we're, we're kind of kind of serving those, those anxieties and worries over the net, but they just don't make it. And we kind of wonder, why is it that our prayers seem ineffective? Well, here's a little, a little secret here. Prayer with thanksgiving seems to usher that simple petition into the realm of faith. When you add that petition, that prayer with thanksgiving, it seems to add that extra element of faith that up until that time, seems to have stopped you from clearing the net. When you add thanks to your prayer and your petition, now God is allowing you to enter into that realm of faith which says, I've heard it, I've got this, I've got you covered. And so that's my little little encouragement to you. Take, Take that worry, take that anxiety, take that thing that is bothering you, take that thing which just won't go away, and yes, lift it up to God with petition, but add thanksgiving to that as well, and just see if that doesn't change that prayer around, and all of a sudden you find yourself praying in faith. That would be my encouragement to you there. And then lastly, lastly, Paul says, "I want you to think about whatever is true and noble, right, pure, lovely. In other words, focus on the good, focus on the good. Um, we actually as a as a family, for our family devotions, um one occasion we used to like when we had to memorize something creating a like a picture stack you know, each word you know would have a picture so if we're thinking of of something which is um, uh, for instance which is true we might think of a, a ruler because a ruler is true isn't it it will it will measure true and and then if we're thinking of of something um, uh, where where are we here um, noble I might think of something noble it, it makes me think of uh, you know like a like an admiral's hat or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, an, an admiral, an officer in charge who dispenses his duties in a noble fashion. And so we'd build up this little picture stack of a, a ruler with an admiral's hat and, 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 and pure, uh, a, a nugget of gold and, and, some, and so on and so forth. And we, we actually, I we memorized that as a little family so that we could actually memorize what is it that God would have us think about. My mum, my I had a great example in this. My mum and dad were, I, I think, fantastic at this. Life wasn't necessarily always easy for them, um, but but at times where they had, they could choose to focus on the good. They really did. I remember one occasion we'd been overseas for some time, and somebody came up to my mum after church and and said, "Oh well, you know, Evelyn, I guess you know you could be forgiven for uh, just, I, I guess, regretting the fact that." You know, Stu and Bron have gone overseas to serve God in missions. You don't get to see the grandchildren and so forth. And, and, um, and it was reported to me what she, she said. Her answer to them was, you know, all my life I have prayed that Stuart would follow the Lord with all of his heart and mind and soul and strength. He would, he would love God and follow God wherever God wanted him to go. Now he's done that. What more could I want? And I thought it was a, just a fantastic fantastic response where mum was choosing the good in that situation and and she was she was solid she was solid and Paul here is saying sometimes those solid chocolates are good too and maybe you want one of those solid chocolates where you're going to be solid in your your mind just rock solid determined to rejoice to to be gentle to pray instead of worry and to and to choose the good in any situation okay more chocolates haven't found your favorite yet? What about your favorite? What about your favorite chocolate? Everybody has one. You get a little box of chocolates and maybe you're... Oh, did the clicker not work? One more. There we go. There's the favorite. You've got a box of chocolates. Maybe you're drawn by the color of the wrapper or maybe you know, you've memorized the back of the box and you know exactly what that is. You've got your favorite in there. Here's an an interesting one. Paul, in, um, in these verses is talking about a special gift that the philippian church gave to him and he says in verse verse 11 not that the gift itself was important because i myself have learned to be content Um, how have i done that verse 13 i can do all of this through him who gives me strength then in verse 14 he says yet i want you to know um it was good of you to share in in my troubles in which you gave me that gift um now why is this well verse verse 16 and 17 starts to make this explicit for even when I was in Thessalonica you sent me aid more than once when I was in need not that I desire your gifts but what I desire is that more be credited to your account then in verse 19 or verse 18 he goes on to talk about your gift to me was actually uh, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. This was pleasing to God. And in verse 19, he says, so here's the promise. I know that my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So Paul here is, is basically basically talking about the, the blessedness of giving. The favorite chocolate is the one that you take out of the box and you say, ah, this is my favorite. And then you do the unusual You give it to somebody else. You give it to somebody else. The favorite's not for you. You could have it. You could indulge. It could all be yours, and it is your favorite, but you actually choose to give it to somebody else. I have to do that with Turkish delight. It pains me, but the blessedness of giving is wonderful. And and, and so this is your favorite chocolate. It's the one that you actually, you love it. You'd like to have it more than any of the others in the box, but now you give it away. You give it to somebody else, and you experience the, the blessedness of giving. Um, I guess we could, we could say this of you as a church. Bron and I have four months off. Um, when we talk to our international friends about this crazy thing called long service leave that we have in Australia, as if we don't have, you know, already have enough holidays, uh, they just kind of say, I have got to get citizenship in australia this is amazing i've got to come to australia and uh, uh we'll be meeting up with a pastor friend in the u.s and uh and he said so you know how, how long is this leave and i said four months he said how do you do that i said well it's this he just could not believe it we feel so blessed we feel so blessed there is a sense in which this is your gift to us as a church this is your gift to us and i, I I must admit, it's been harder to receive than I might have thought. But we are in that place now of really looking forward to it, we really are. And we are receiving it with glad and open hands. And I could possibly say, if we didn't have it, we'd be content, but we do have it and we're content. Um, It's a lovely, lovely gift. But why am I happy about that? Because I, I do believe that in your generosity as a church, allowing us to have this leave, you yourselves are going to be blessed in our absence. Now, that's a funny thing to say, isn't it? But I really do. I actually think you'll be more blessed in our absence. I actually think that this is where verse 19 is going to kick in, that God himself will meet all of your needs. At first glance, it might feel like Stuart and Bronwood are going away for what? That's an eternity. Jesus could come back in, in the meantime. What will we do? Well, you would go to be with him. But, um, but listen, I honestly believe while we're away, this wonderful gift that you were giving to us, it's going to come back. It's going to return to you. I am looking forward to, being, to seeing what is going to be credited to your account in our absence. I believe that God is going to meet all of your needs, the ones you know about and the ones that you don't know about, whilst we're away. And I look forward truly in faith to hearing the stories of how that has actually been, been true. So this is your favorite chocolate. This is the chocolate that you love, but actually, you're not going to have it. You're actually going to give it to someone else, and you're going to receive something far better than the, that lovely taste and gooey feeling of the chocolate going down your, your throat. I, I know. There might be some chocolates afterwards, you know, kind of making you salivate. Okay. Um, and so, so the promise of that first one, a plain chocolate, is it, it, the plain, simple truth of Jesus brings unity. The promise of the solid chocolate. I think I forgot to mention that. But that passage is all about peace, the peace of God, peace which transcends understanding. It's going to be yours. And as you, as you um, focus on that which is true and, and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent and praiseworthy, etc., cetera, the God of peace will be with you. The promise of, of that, that solid chocolate is, is peace. The promise of the, the chocolate, the favorite that you give away, um, the, the promise there that there is another whole blessing that is going to come your way from God. And now for the last chocolate. You can only choose between these four. This is it. The last one is, you're waiting for it, the soft center. I don't want to tell you it's a caramel or peppermint or strawberry. You can choose, but it's a soft centred chocolate. And where do we find that? Verses 21, greet all God's people in Christ Jesus, the brothers and sisters who are with me. They also send their greetings to you. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Here's the soft center. What does the word greet literally mean in in the Greek? It means to welcome, to receive, to embrace, to enfold in your arms. To enfold in your arms. Um, This is is that soft-centered part of you which comes here on a Sunday and and. You, you would love to receive a blessing from, from God and to meet with Him and to worship Him. And, and, and I trust that that will be the case. But it just does seem a little bit like the favorite chocolate, that there is a blessing for you too as you, as you give to others. And as you come on a Sunday prepared to greet others, prepared to welcome them, to prepared to, to receive others and embrace them and enfold them in your arms... It's a little bit gooey, but this is the soft-scented chocolate. This is where blessing will, will just abound in the church. It's taking friendliness to the next level, the level of friendship. A lot of people say, as a church, we're a friendly church. That's, that is wonderful. Praise God, and I believe that to be true. But but this part, the greet, the embrace, the welcome, the receive, the enfold in your arms, it's more than just just kind of saying, you know, to, to somebody, um, you know, hello, greetings, earthling. You know, that's kind of, well, anyone can do that. But to, to enfold in your arms, that's going another step, isn't it? That's taking friendliness to friendship. And that's really, whether it be meeting somebody new that you've never met, or whether it be picking up on a previous conversation, whether it be meeting a good friend, somebody that you know, and just blessing one another with fellowship. You know what? As you greet one another week by week, um, God is going to continue to, to build his church here. Years ago, Bron and I, um, we'd, we'd had quite a number of years serving in Operation Mobilization. The Lord led us um, to work with another mission, Pioneers. And our very first day at work, um, get this, our very, very first day at work, we drove out to to Airport and, uh, and we flew to Thailand. Our first day at work was actually the international conference. We knew about five people in, in Pioneers, and this conference was about 500 people. So we arrived there in Chiang Mai, and um, um, really it was Bron, Bron and I, and we sort of, uh, you know, the first session was fantastic, amazing worship, great, great teaching, and then and the session ended. And we looked at the schedule, and it was a, a pretty significant morning tea break. So we turned around to... You know, did we know anyone? And and honestly, the the five people that we did, well, they were they were busy. They were off meeting this person or that person and so forth. And so we thought, oh well, let's um let's meet someone. So we just looked around and and basically we looked for people not in conversations, but we just looked for for people standing by themselves. And we'd go up to meet this person, and you know, hi, we're Stuart and Bruno we're just joined pioneers, and and um and we ended up Doing that after each session, and on one occasion, we, we invited everybody to join us to lunch, and we're sitting we're sitting at lunch, and um, sitting at lunch with us was the chair of the international board, the chair of the American board, the chair of the Australian board, the chair of all, basically all of the all of the chair people of the respective boards. Now, why? Well, because basically they didn't know anyone either. So they were just sort of standing by themselves after the conference with their program, sort of, gee, who will I talk to? So... Then the Australian director of Pioneers, Tim Myers, walks past, and he he just notices these these new recruits of his, Stuart and Bronwyn Hunt, sitting there with the chairs of the boards of just about the entire Pioneer family around the world. He says, well, you guys know how to hobnob, don't you? For us, it was just a matter of, well, we didn't know who they were. We just kept looking for people standing by themselves and uh, invited them to join us for lunch, and, and before you know it, we're having this wonderful time of, of fellowship. We, we simply, I guess, embraced others, and that would be the last little chocolate that you could choose from would be that, that chocolate that says, yeah, you know what, that greeting one another, it's more than just what the English word seems to indicate, isn't it? Greet. Hello, earthling. It's more than that. It's enfolding your arms. Welcome. Receive. And, and there is, I believe, a special blessing for us as we do that. It takes us from just friendliness, um, indeed, to friendship. Well, which chocolate? Which one's for you? Is it going to be the plain chocolate? Which... Has, has uh, the, of course, the, um, just that whole promise of, I've forgotten, um, what, so what, did, what did the plain chocolate promise? Unity. That's right. <laughs> I need more notes. The promise of unity. Is it going to be the solid chocolate that, that has the promise of peace? Is it going to be the favorite chocolate that has the promise of that special blessing that comes when we actually give, give something away? Or... Is it, is it going to be the soft-scented chocolate, which has that, has that wonderful promise that as you embrace somebody else, you yourself actually get embraced? Actually, I didn't point that out, but notice, firstly, Paul says, greet all God's people, and then actually says, I've actually got a greeting from you. Those all over the world send their welcome and their reception and are, are welcoming you into, into their fold, the World Universal Church there. And, and so the soft center has that wonderful promise of as you embrace others, you yourself will find yourself embraced. Which one? Which chocolate is it going to be for you? Lastly, let me leave you with, with Paul's final words here. He says in verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let me read that to you in the message. Receive and experience, this would be my blessing upon all of you. Receive and experience the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ deep, deep within yourselves. Receive and experience the amazing grace. Of the Master Jesus Christ, deep deep in yourself. That's our little prayer prayer for you as, as we head off.